Sludge Lords, back in here with Danny. Yo. Feeling good. I was just decorating a Christmas tree, and I ended up with a bunch of glitter all over me. I feel like a cheap Las Vegas prostitute. You look great. I'm attracted to shiny things naturally. It's it's a bold move to bring in a Christmas tree here in yeah. 2020 to openly declare mm -hmm. your admiration for Christmas. Well, we might tuck a menorah away in the corner as well. We've got Josh here, right. who, as far as I know, is the only certified Jewish man. I think Lush is actually on the list as well, but he's trying to stay low-key in case you know what happens. Lush is... Okay. I look at Lush. <laughs> meth head is his, his first group association. And a lot of people don't know that Jews can be meth heads. I don't believe it. I mean, yeah, it's probably pretty unpopular, but I mean... I thought he was Mexican. I mean, he claims to have like eight different ethnicities, and he gets kind of irritated when we will refer to him as a Jew, because he's like... Uh, being Jewish is like a tiny part of the tapestry that is lush, I guess. That's just anti-Semitic of him. Yeah, own your Judaism, right? We got the Christmas tree up, though, and it, it boy, it looks great. Yeah, do you feel like Christmas trees actually kind of change your mood a little bit? Because if that was ever going to be a chance, it's not happening in my house because the cats crawl up the tree, knock all the ornaments over, threaten its stability. They seem like they might just break the entire thing. And they do most of this at night when my girl's already asleep, and I've, I've got that last hour or two at the end of the day, and mm. I'm just watching these cats fuck this tree up. How many cats do you have? Two, and I think we're going to euthanize them. Uh, here's what you do. You have a pool. You throw one in the pool to make an example to the other. Mm. Next time it scales up that tree and takes a swat at the star, it's going swimming. If we were to throw a cat in the pool, though, would the cat die? I, I mean, he would, like, explode into a rage of hissing. and But I don't... No, because there's no way that he could be, like, coordinated enough to, like, swim out, right? And keep in mind, I would never do this. I'm just trying to, like, predict what would happen. There's a fine line between giving a cat a bath and drowning it in your swimming pool. I think you'd be able to plead the former if somebody came after you. I was just giving mittens a bath. The question is, is what kind of forensics they would do if there is a kitten-related death. Because if that cat dies in the swimming pool, all you got to do is bring him back in the crib. Well, A, you could just throw him in the trash realistically because nobody's coming. But if forensics does show up, you mm -hmm. could say, he drowned in the bathtub, your honor, mm -hmm. officer, whoever mm -hmm. it may be. The mm -hmm. judge might show up to your house. We don't really know. But, yeah, that would be pretty horrific. I, I could never hurt a cat in a million years for the record. I had a bad relationship with cats. One of them swatted me in the face when I was younger. My cat, Christmas. What Her name age? was Christmas. Incident. What age? Four years old. I, I've, I, one time I was talking to a hot chick at Union Square, and she told me that she had a little scar on her face. I asked her what was up with that. She said the cat jumped around the corner and scraped the fuck out of her as a young girl. It, the same thing happened to me, and I hated cats for about 18 years. I mean, I had a pool, and I was getting close, you know? I always had my eye on Christmas. Like, one day, bitch. Really? So you're you, going you were tempted to torture her your whole life? It, not torture. It would have been a quick death. You know, you're, you're familiar with the Scott Peterson trial? No. Scott Peterson? Lacey Peterson? Who's that? Well, he took, he killed his baby mama, who was still pregnant, and made cement shoes for her and threw her into the San Francisco Bay. Wow. Something similar might have crossed my mind with regard to Christmas, the cat. But I remember when I was, I think, 20 years old, I was all stoned one afternoon, laying on the floor of my parents' house. They were gone. And Christmas came over and kneaded my chest a little bit and then lovingly crawled onto my lap. Hmm. Four days later, she died of natural causes. And it, it, it was like she, her and I forgave each other in that moment. Well, it is kind of like your cat gets a lot nicer when he's closer to dying. Tony was pretty sweet when he was on his deathbed. Tony, your beloved cat of youth? The white cat who died. Well, I wouldn't say youth. He died at like 18, but 
And now these two new ones, they're pieces of shit. They're far from death, and they're they're basically the Grinches. Well, they're the two having Grinches a, of your Christmas. They're having a terrible effect on Lennon because she's getting like super allergic to them. It's fucking up her whole life. Dude, just invite me over, dude. You don't have to say anything more. I know the drill. I know what to do with these things. Okay, but when you were saying that, though, it did make me think about how I used to torture slugs and other bugs when I was a kid. That that was nothing to me. That I would just dump salt all over a slug. It used to be a big uh, hobby of mine that we had this sort of, like, wet, damp, like, dirt area between my house and the neighbor's house. And it was, like, when I think back on it, it, was, it seems, like, quite out of the ordinary to just have this much, like, dark wet soil in this like area between our two houses trees plants whatever and we would go there and we would find salamanders like infinite salamanders some percentage of those salamanders got tortured and killed for sure dude it i did the same thing yeah. and i'm kind of glad you're telling me this right now because i thought i was a serial killer it's one <laughs> of the markings of a serial killer yeah i know right there were a couple things i did one time i remember i made a paper boat for an earthworm I put that paper boat into my pool, put the earthworm about where I thought the steering wheel might be on an old-fashioned pirate ship, and then I lit the paper boat on fire. Oh. But how is that any different than me just straight eating worms when I was in, like, fifth grade, which yeah. I did? Yeah. And I was judged by the school as a result. I'm not sure what I thought was going to happen. They judged you in the sense that they said, this boy is retarded. I remember and being, that's the difference. I was, like, 11 in fifth grade and I had a bad reputation in school because I was t because I was eating worms on the playground one day and then all of a sudden you're like you know that's 11 all of a sudden one day I'm 13 mm. I've got a dick it functions I mean it functioned before but I'm actually trying to use it all of a sudden so you're fucking the worms well, before you eat them right well I'm trying to kiss girls and shit like that and then all of a sudden this shit that I did in fifth grade gets brought up now the the sexual marketplace when you were in junior high is very easily swayed by misinformation. Yeah. Let's say like yeah. the girl who had the reputation that she had herpes when we were in seventh grade, realistic. No, it wasn't seventh grade. It was like ninth or tenth grade. That realistically was probably just as bad as her actually having mm -hmm. herpes. Mm -hmm. Worse. And especially because when you're 15, well, you're going to go get a fucking STD test. Yes. You're going to come into school to prove you don't have an STD. Somehow, I don't think that's going to really go over so well. Crystal Welliver in my middle school, Louis Pasteur. Well, what is it about girls named Crystal? Because I had some straight whores in my school named Crystal. It's not bad. It's it's a stripper name, but it wasn't a stripper name. It was her christened Christian birth certificate fucking name. Crystal Welliver, everybody knew, and I'm talking to everybody, from the staff all the way down to the lowliest kid in the special ed program. People knew Crystal Welliver fucked snakes. <laughs> what the fuck? That was and, the rumor? Dude, it, whatever she... <laughs> There was the little student news program that would come on. We're announcing today that there's going to be coleslaw and pizza for lunch in the big auditorium. She had that job. And one day when she popped up on the screen, just everybody in the class rolled up a piece of paper into the shape of a serpent and mimicked putting it into their vagina. Wow. Just everybody heard that she put a boa constrictor up her twat, and that was it. Wow. That was it for Crystal. And so you have no reason to believe that it was actually true, though? I never heard one concrete piece of evidence. But doesn't that help you understand the world that we live in now where it's like a constant battle to try to figure out what's true and what's not true? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example is that I don't know how closely you've been following and I'm not trying to get off of the immature school uh, topic, but the other day 
I click on Twitter on like Saturday. I see an article that says that Iran had basically gotten rid of their morality police. Now, anybody who knows about the protests that are going on in Iran, it's basically a bunch of women who want to remove their head scarves and, and let their hair uh, flow freely. They want to be able to play music. They want to be able to do God, whatever the fuck they want to do out there that they're not allowed to do, which is basically everything mm -hmm. because women aren't really allowed to show their hair, or their face or whatever. Drive a car. And so the morality police were the ones who have like killed multiple women, like a lot of protesters and women basically. And, and you know what I heard today from my Iranian personal trainer? He told me that in their culture, you're not allowed to kill a woman unless she, if she's a virgin. So that's why they'll take these women, rape them, and then kill them. You can't kill a virgin, but they're fair game after they've been fucked. I mean, hey, doesn't make a lot of sense to me either, but apparently in their world, like my Iranian trainer who grew up in this environment told me that that's their attitude on it. Was it while you were doing dumbbell press? Bro, uh, three more reps. Come on, bro. If you fuck girl, you can kill her in Iran, bro. Come on, push it. One more to failure, bro. I wish you knew how close that actually is to what it's actually like. No, and I hate that I'm going to drag him right here, but he, he was at a wedding all weekend, and like for him, he... If he's gonna party, it's basically like him like nibbling on Adderall, like in his pocket, all fucking like he's just taking Adderall and stuff, and he's but he gets hyped on it because he's Does like he drink. I, he'll drink a bit and he'll like smoke, but he's like the biggest health nut you've ever seen. So mm -hmm. he's like chiseled, mm -hmm. but he'll like be fucking with a little bit of Adderall, or whatever, and then. Uh, he goes to this wedding and all of a sudden he has to stay out past 9 p.m. because he normally goes to bed super early and he's just chewing on Adderall. And he's so, like me. He's so proud to tell me. You guys are pretty similar. He's, he's, he's just like, I was chewing Adderall last night. I was staying up very late. It was a good time. Bro, bro I watched the morality the police can't get me. <laughs> I watch your porn. The girl in no burka, bro. I would never do this if it weren't for the Adderall. I got, speaking of weddings, I got an invitation. Can we talk about this for your wedding? Sure. I was thinking, like, where are we going? Carlsbad, San Diego. Maybe we're going up to Santa Barbara. All that's given as far as the location, fucking Italy. Mm. We're going to fucking Italy for your wedding. And you know what? As you say that, it occurs to me, because we haven't paid him for the show yet, right? Mm -mm. So that's perfect. We could pay you all at once for all these episodes, and then it's like, oh, boom. It's like you fucking hit the lottery. Boom, you go to Italy. Well, you better show me a receipt from all these <laughs> wedding-related expenses. I better be going over on a Concord. I got to make sure this adds up. Are you? Have you been to Italy? Have you been, you've been, been overseas, right? I, yeah, I okay. went over when I was in high school, and at first I saw that. I was like, how the fuck am I going to get to Italy? But then my girlfriend and I started talking about it. We're like, fuck it. We're going to Italy. I don't give a shit. I'm going to Italy. Complications that I feel comfortable talking about on here because nobody watches this is, uh, just kidding, but is because A, it's in Italy. So it's like we didn't invite everybody we fucking know. Mm -hmm. You know, like if it was up the street, we would probably have to basically fucking invite everybody we know, right? Yeah. Like everybody in the. So, like with it being in Italy, it kind of felt like, okay, we have to actually set X number of people and like actually stay within that. Mm -hmm. So she basically just gave me like a sort of number as well. I, was, I, I felt so uncomfortable with having to make some of these decisions. Because you're basically having to like grade your fucking friend group on who you think is going to make sense all together. And I have friends from so many different swaths of life. If you go to this, you're going to meet numerous BMX riders who used to be addicted to heroin. Shout out Ryan Mills. That's one. Uh, uh, Ryan Mills must be doing pretty well financially for himself now because what this really is is a test of income. Mm. I mean, if you that's what it is. It's not about who's a good friend and who's a bad friend. It's who is uh, – it's basically a test of whiteness.
Oh, yeah, and then and that makes it even worse because then it's like there's other people that you maybe would want to invite, but you know 100% that they can't afford it. What is it going to cost to go to Italy? I have no idea. If we book it in advance, I say minimum three Gs is what's going to be spent on this weekend. I mean, flights? I'm not going to act like I have any idea what's going on. But my girl. How much is a quart of milk, Adam? I don't know, maybe like four bucks. That's just a question. That's my guess. What is it actually? It's I haven't bought one ever. Maybe milk. Anybody who buys cartons of milk is a fat slob. So that's the real. Yeah, that's disgusting. Or you eat cereal like a a fat slob. But you you know when people do that, that's how they determine you're out of touch and you don't fucking know. I would like to say this: is that my entire life I have been out of touch with what things cost because I've always been the kind of person where even when it was totally irresponsible for me, if I was going to go to a grocery store, I was basically just buying whatever I wanted to buy and yeah. I wasn't really thinking about the price because I always had this thing in my head where I always believed that even if I'm not doing that great financially right now that it's right around the corner sure. so how the fuck am I going to worry about buying the peanut butter that costs a dollar less than the other peanut butter yeah. when I know I'm about to hit this this fucking lick that's going to make me rich as fuck Ooh. I swear to god I felt like that my whole life and maybe like right before No Jumper was when I was really starting to be like fuck maybe not like maybe I'm not going to figure this out you know Totally agree yeah. Going to Vegas, organic nectarines. Hey, my YouTube career is going to take off big time, baby. That was my mindset all the way back in my 20s right. when I was a little busboy. Yeah. Same thing. I know how it is. It's and- a terrible attitude, though, because in reality, is like when you're broke, you should be worrying about the dollar for the peanut butter, right? But what? but should you really? I, I don't buy it. That's one of the things. I'm pretty good about finances, but the one thing I do not buy into is I don't make a budget. I don't track my expenses. I think that stuff stresses me out mm. when I'm going through every single item on my credit card and in my bank account and figuring out where I'm spending too much. I do the rich dad, poor dad method, the Robert Kiyosaki. You pay yourself at the beginning of the month. You set aside a certain amount of money. It should be about 10% of your income, mm. at least. You put that into your savings, and then you spend the rest of your money that month. Okay. So as long as you're saving money every month, you don't need to worry. That and sounds if reasonable. If you're not saving money and if you're starting to live off a credit card, that's when you need to go uh, shop at Walmart for your groceries. Right. Okay? Just go to Walmart at that point. My ad, But, okay, this is the problem, too, is that early on in my career, I was doing credit card fraud and I was playing online poker. Both of these anyway. are jobs jobs where you could vocations where you could (laughs) theoretically just go and do it and make a bunch of money so you have like an hourly rate in your head now let's say that my hourly rate when i was playing poker i thought it was like a hundred bucks which was it i don't know but like maybe in my head at that time i thought that i was going to average 100 bucks a day so you know or or 100 bucks an hour so by that same logic maybe it takes me an hour to like really go through the grocery store's website and figure out which the cheapest peanut butter is and which like you know oh maybe I could buy uh you know salmon instead of uh chicken this week because they have this big sale or whatever like that sounds like it could take me an hour mm-hmm. and it sounds like it would maybe save me like I don't know for the week maybe like 10 20 bucks like something like that if I like find like all good deals so that just never really felt like a good use of an hour when in theory I could be spending that hour making significantly more than that or defrauding uh, amex in some way i mean yeah but like say my hourly rate with that was probably like much higher but let's say it was like 500 bucks an hour well mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've kind of priced yourself out on and th- and that's why like people act crazy when i say stuff like you know even just having a housekeeper like obviously some people who, who work here will like give me a hard time about it and i'm like 
I'm paying her to suck a, my dick too. Dude. Come on, <laughs> it's not I'm just paying about her cleaning. a fairly low hourly rate to do stuff that if I were going to do it, it would take me longer. Mm-hmm. And it would stop me from doing other things that I could probably make more money doing. So at that point, once you hit that point, you're like, oh, well, I should find people to do everything. I totally agree. I met when I was in Vegas at my buddy's bachelor party this year. I met this really shady dude who he wore sunglasses in the club. He took me over. He saw one of the Nelk videos I was in, and he started just buying me blackjack hands, buying me drinks. This will get me to Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Give me Kyle Forger to John Shahidi's number, dude. But he told me, because I was stressing him. I was like, dude, I got to give my employees a raise. I'm thinking about hiring a different dude. He was a successful businessman. I'm like, I mean, what should my mindset be? How do I save money? And he's like, bro, 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 bro. He wasn't even Middle Eastern, but I feel like doing the accent. He's like, bro. It's always easier to make more money, bro, than to stress about cutting costs in the business. Just worry about making more money. Maybe he was Russian after all. I mean, you do go through those like phases where it's just like, like if we, and we've all seen it, where like you're seeing it with Twitter, like over the past few months, where it's like they were making money. Well, they weren't even really making money, but you look at Facebook or Amazon, whatever, they're like bringing in shitloads of employees. They're just building out this infrastructure. And then at a certain point, you start to look at it and you're like, oh, well, maybe I should cut down on some costs, you know, and like mm-hmm. so many of these businesses just run unchecked for such long periods of time. And and it, it's like that with YouTube where you, you're almost like better off if you just have like a slow grind into becoming successful because I've seen so many people blow up too fast and just absolutely fucking ruin it because they just don't know how to like hold on to what they have. Mm-hmm. YouTube in particular, because you know YouTube, you can, not naming anybody in particular, have less than zero talent and somehow be getting a million views a video. Like, if you go into Walmart and you tell the security guards to fuck off and you vlog it, there's a chance that that video could hit a million views and you could be the next it boy on the platform making absurd amounts of money. But, okay, let's do this. How about this, Danny? Let's talk about this. So the the YouTube vlogosphere, when we look at it, and this is like, I would hate for you to do this to me with like Joe Rogan, but I'm going to look at your videos and compare them to a Steve Will Do It, rest in peace, who now exists on Rumble or a Salim or a fucking Danny Duncan or whatever. You have like a whole prototype for this thing of like dudes who do weekly or bi-weekly vlogs, whatever, and they're like super high production quality and they're young and they're hanging out with hot chicks and they're doing like all this stuff. Do you watch some of that content and think like, how do I get to that level because like when you watch these Nelk Boys videos etc you know it's just it, it kind of does stand out to me as an older guy that it's like oh this is a young guy thing mm-hmm. like being like an 18 19 year old kid I watched this Danny Duncan video I think I talked about it on here where he's rolling around on these tiny little motorcycles he's got a homie who's a black midget mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, like you've completely, you're a young, handsome guy with a ton of energy and you've completely curated your entire life Mm -hmm. to basically like be good for making content. How do you look at this, these new waves of, of different content creators? Do I get self-conscious that I might have aged out I and mean, I might be too old for the genre? It's just words? like, because you, 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 I think in some ways kind of define yourself as like a comedian versus or making specifically funny videos where some of those guys and they do the pranks and everything so they are actually very similar to you but it's like there's something different about it because it's more just like fun like cool lifestyle stuff like i don't think you would ever have like a three minute montage of you going to the club in your video whereas that's like pretty standard in the milk boy videos even though it's like a pop-up for happy dad or whatever right Mm -hmm. or if you went to the club it would be funny it wouldn't be like yeah, we're just having a blast. And let's face it, I'd be getting way more pussy than those guys. Oh, yeah. 
Of course. I, when I look at YouTube, I sometimes it's it would be easy to get frustrated that like, hey, here's this 22-year-old kid <laughs> who uh, he fucking put on a security vest and pretended he was security in Target and he's driving a Porsche. It would be easy for me to hate on that. I look at guys more on the comedian side of YouTube like Shane Gillis, like Tim Dillon, who mm. are my age and older and like, okay, that's those are the audiences I want to tap into. I want to do stuff that their fan base, college kids, a guy who's 32 two years old working at a bank would appreciate mm. and maybe that's a smaller audience right now my i'm very optimistic though i'm like you when you were buying a prime rib at whole foods when you were still a credit card scammer <laughs> but i see, always think it's going to be bigger that's and part I stay of optimistic. why that's part of why i wasn't paying attention to the prices because i didn't have expensive taste in anything it was like I'm talking about peanut butter because that was probably like the expensive thing I was buying. I was buying like, you know, two pounds of chicken breasts and fucking some rice and some peanut butter and some rice cakes. Like, I just didn't even know about any of the nice shit. I didn't even know about designer clothing. I swear to God, until I was like mid late 20s. Like, if you told me there was a thousand dollar shirt at the Gucci store in the mall, I would have been like, a thousand dollars? Are you fucking sick? I wouldn't even believe it. I didn't know about that until like pretty close to the no jumper part of my life. Yeah, until you put this hoodie. I saw the two thousand dollars Chanel shirt you wore to the studio today. Oh, I you keep out of rocking this. Fuck. Somebody sent me this in the in the mail, and I just keep rocking it. How do you feel about my mission to not buy any clothes for all of twenty twenty three? I don't know if I believe it. I dude, I some the guys who work with Milk, this new brand Trailer Park just popped up, and they keep sending me stuff, which it, it sometimes Is that a clothing brand it rubs me the wrong way. So I'm like, you guys think I'm just a billboard? You think you could just buy me off with a free hoodie or a hat that you ship out periodically? But then I opened their newest <laughs> package scoffing while I opened it, like, oh, these fucks, what do they got for me this time? And I unrolled the sweatshirt, and I was like, fuck, that's a cool sweatshirt. And I'm probably going to be wearing that for at least four videos now. I support that. But and it's, it's just free merch people send me out. Yeah, yeah, but that, but how about me? I think I only got, ever got one full send pack in the mail. I feel like I only got one, and I never got it again. They don't like you as much as they like me. Apparently. I what, got three. They go in there and, like, fucking erase my name on the mailing list? You did something they didn't like. It probably had something to do with Nick Fuentes. They're distancing themselves. That was a long time before that. Mm, I don't know. No, I, but I, I love the Nelk Boys, and I love seeing what they're doing, but it is kind of like that with the podcast thing, too, so where there's definitely been times where I watched one of their interviews that I also did the interview, and I was like, you know, not to be cocky, but I feel like I asked better questions. Mm-hmm. In, in certain ones. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, But then you look at the view count, and you're like, oh, they did four times as many views as me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But I get it because it's like my idea of a good question might not be the idea of a good question from them, you know, and it's like in large part, especially when I've seen them interview rappers and stuff. A lot of the questions are kind of like, you know, surface level stuff. It's not like digging super deep because realistically their audience doesn't mm-hmm. want them to dig super deep. But if I did that exact same interview, the fans would feel very differently. And also that's kind of why they are getting a lot of rapper interviews, too, is because, you know, if you're the baby. Mm-hmm. You probably want kind of like a softer interview. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be interviewed by the guy who knows every single thing that was in the gossip cycle mm-hmm. over and over and over. And then also, like, I felt the same way when I seen Logan Paul come out. His podcast got a lot better over the years, but at first, mm-hmm. definitely left some room for improvement. Some room for improvement mm-hmm. was needed, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, they're fucking killing it with the views. At the end of the day, this is one thing you have to remember with podcasting the fame level of the narrator is pretty much the biggest thing mm-hmm. you know joe rogan has the biggest podcast in large part because he's basically like the most mm-hmm. famous fucking guy on earth yeah nelk can do no wrong they can take six months off of uploading put out a video 
six million views. Bam, right back to their old The levels. thing that we can't change or help is just that your likability mm-hmm. is kind of like the X factor that determines your success in everything. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of things that go along with that. Like if you're The Rock, okay, well, he has the likability thing 100%. He gets all these movie roles because of that, et cetera. But if The Rock had a bad controversy, that we could imagine that sort of just shriveling up and disappearing right away. I mean, we've kind of seen that happen with Kanye, mm-hmm. where it's just like his his worth to the mainstream is just kind of dissolving right in front of our well, eyes. It was a little bit more than a, a misstep or a many, text message he sent out. Many in missteps. Many, many missteps. Yeah. Many hooded anti-Semitic missteps. And just when you think it's going to slow down, it just seems to get worse. Because there was a lot of times like, okay, the slavery with a choice thing. I mean, Kanye went quiet after that for a while, right? Mm. Like, we really didn't hear shit from him for a long time after that. And it made sense because it's like, oh, like, you you could just assume that his ambassadors and his advisors were going to try to get him out of the public eye. And now, I mean, it doesn't really seem like there's anybody to advocate for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Bad for the poor guy. He's going to be, I mean, what's the next step? He's clearly going insane, right? Oh, I would say that's pretty obvious. Is he going to be institutionalized? See that I said that the other day, and I got a lot of pushback in the group chat where I said my opinion, based on the way that Kanye's career seems to go to be going, is that he's going to be imprisoned or broke within like a year or two. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just say that based on the fact that he does not seem to be doing anything to move his career in the right direction. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to be doing anything productive, clothing, music, all the things that he used to do to make money mm-hmm. doesn't seem like those are happening. Mm-hmm. And then. Look at my kid out there. Bye, Parker. But that doesn't seem like it's happening. And then, meanwhile, it feels like he's still probably burning cash just as fast as he was before. And he just went through this crazy-ass divorce, which, granted, he had a prenup, but he's going to be spending a lot of money on security and child support, all this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, I would love to think that there's something that could just snap back in place in his head where he was just like, you know what? been a rough couple months, but I'm over this. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. It's, I highly doubt it, too. But he is a black man, which is at the top of the ladder as far as being a minority. So he, I feel like Jews are in a higher position than black people. So he's always got that. He can always be like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm still black. Jews are still higher ranking than me. And then people would forgive him, I think. See, that's the simulation that I wish I could run right now is – Having Kanye fully apologize and just completely change his attitude on everything, start like really playing the game, just trying to fit in and like be able to see how people would react. Because I do think like, like, okay, this is the thing during the whole MAGA hat thing, during the whole slavery was a choice thing, during everything, like him basically like torturing Kim Kardashian throughout the course of them at the early stages of their divorce. The community, the hip hop community, they stood by him. They were like, because if I said anything negative about him on Twitter, it was just like, oh my God, I'm getting destroyed by all these random Mm -hmm. different people on Twitter. Like the black community was not going to let Kanye go without a fight. They may not have verbalized the fact that they've kind of just given up, but I feel like that's probably fair to say that the average black person kind of looks at Kanye like, hey, we held you down for as long as possible, mm-hmm. man. Like, we we love the music. I mm-hmm. swear to God, we love the music. But we're really not rocking with this shit. And, yeah. yes, maybe we will let you back in. Like, we'll, we'll kind of, like, let you back in for sure. But you're going to have to, like, really change shit up, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the love Hitler is a little strong. That was a lot. That was a lot. You're talking about him going broke. Thank you, Josh. I think uh, just – I don't know where Kanye lives, but if you own – 
a mansion that costs as much as I imagine Kanye's mansion costs. I was reading something recently in the LA Times about how much it costs to maintain one of those motherfuckers. Oh, it's insane. How the, much? So uh, there's the one. You know the mansion, the one that's like up at the top of the what hill. Is it, like two hundred million dollars or something? Around that. Yeah. I want to say that it costs a couple hundred grand a month to keep running because mm. you need an army of pool boys, of gardeners, of window washers, all these people to just to maintain the fucking place at all times. Yeah, because something that big, I think about like what my housekeeper is capable of doing and I'm like, oh yeah, she wouldn't be able to make a fucking dent in that. Absolutely not. Property she hold, taxes. She could hold down the pool. No, she could, at the one, <laughs> there's a there's a moat, there's a literal moat. It's around just the so one. much work, and even like okay, by our pool, right? We have like a little cabana area, and it's nothing fancy, but it's a bunch of uh, couches and with a little overhang thing. There's a little like fireplace, whatever. If that area is not cleaned for a week, it becomes basically uninhabitable. Mm -hmm. Now that is the case quite often because we're not. We don't spend much time out there, and especially not during the winter. But it's like to clean couches that sit outside every day and just collect dirt and grime on them. I mean, yeah, you can go out there wearing like fully clothed and just sit down and read a book or whatever. But it's like that shit gets so dirty just from being outside. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have like outdoor furniture and stuff, you're basically signing up to either have housekeepers or to do – you're not doing it yourself, realistically. If you can afford this, you shouldn't be doing it yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, you should agreed. You should be doing it yourself. And if you are a, a celebrity and you have any inclination that at some point you might start gambling, whoring, or saying anti-Semitic things on news shows, right. I think you should start out with like a duplex. I don't think you should go for a Beverly Hills mansion that's going to be costing you half a million dollars a month to maintain. Well, you know, I didn't fully look into it, but they said that one of the things about Kanye is that he, um, he, what was it, that he basically... Um, he doesn't roll around with security anymore. He said that in interviews that he doesn't roll around with security anymore. And you know, I know people who know how he's moving around behind the scenes, and I've I've heard that that is accurate. To me, that kind of reminds me of Aaron Carter trying to give all his shit away. It's like if you're consciously doing things that sort of like put you in harm's way, or like create an environment in which somebody could do something to you and you're not really like Aaron Carter he was giving away all this stuff mm -hmm. which is the number one sign that this guy's about to commit suicide I feel like not having security is kind of like saying hey I'm just gonna like intentionally increase the likelihood that somebody will kill me basically he's committed a metaphorical suicide with his career well, but clearly he has some sort of death wish and he's running around with Nick Fuentes too so it's like okay put a fucking target on your head every Antifa crazy ass liberal in, in mm -hmm. LA is gonna probably want to kill you too right yeah he came into my girlfriend's restaurant Kanye and he was just charging his phone not even the table he demanded to sit at he loves to be seen was in the foyer of the restaurant. It's not even back on the patio or deep in the restaurant, a little bit private. It's where everybody filters through to get to the place where they're going to eat sushi. Mm. That's his thing. He wants to be seen. He doesn't care about security. I don't know what's going on with the guy. That's crazy, too, because I don't think there's a lot of like Jewish killers out there. But if there were, for sure you could think that something might have already gone down, right? Mm, a Jewish assassin. I imagine they have a throwing star shaped like the Star of David. It's perfect, actually. somebody got him like that. Remember what, uh, the Clue, uh, Colonel Mustard with the candlestick? You could use a menorah as a bludgeon. Or just burn him. 
Or burn him with the nine candles, or is it eight? Eight. It's eight candles. You have Where's many Josh? options. Get in here, Josh. Many points of contact for the, the burning, if oh, that were to be the, the goal. Hear me out on this. You put a dreidel through a man's eye socket. It's going to be tough. It's going to require a hammer, I think. You're going to have to hold it in place. We're going to have to sharpen it. Sharpen the dreidel. Oh, my God. This, we've got Violent Night next year, Violent Rabbi. What's that? It's it's going to be a holiday movie about Violent a rabbi Night. who goes nuts and he kills a bunch of people. Is that real? Violent Night is the Christmas. It's it's Santa Claus goes nuts and kills a bunch of people coming to a theater oh, near us. Oh, okay. So that's real, though. Santa killing people? Yes. So we're going to have, it, we're going to need to rework the rabbi. I feel like you can't do, you know, because I was like, right away, I was like, you're, you're saying there's a movie where a rabbi goes crazy and kills a bunch of people? I feel like that is off the table. I don't think so. Because I think I it's feel like timely. That, that, okay, I agree. But I feel like they wouldn't let that happen. What if any negative depiction of a Jewish person is taken as a real affront to all Jewish people right now? But right? it's heroic. Maybe people are pushing on him, and maybe um, where's Josh? Oh, he's not in here right now. I'm thinking, but you know, maybe uh, you know he's watching TV. Kanye pops up. Like the Nazis did good things too. Maybe a guy shows up at his synagogue with a pistol and gets stopped at the last second. Maybe he's tired of getting accused of controlling the media and banking system when really all he does is run a kosher deli. Right. And then this guy just fucking snaps one day and he starts killing people who are proven anti-Semites with Jewish artifacts. He beats a guy to death with the Torah. I think you clearly have a future in this business. That, dude, that pitch would go over so well in Hollywood. You, you know about the Overton window, right? What is it? The Overton window is like the, the overall realm of things that are considered acceptable. You know? I've and never heard it phrased like that, but yeah. It's very common. You're going to hear it all the time now yeah. I said it, but like, it's basically like, you know, and increasing or narrowing the Overton window would be like, okay, you know, I, I feel like Trump has probably increased the Overton window more than anybody in our lives in the sense that he said so many things on camera that you really could have, like, never imagined anybody ever saying before, especially as the president. Like, he really – like, like okay, we never thought that we were going to see a president who uh, had sex with a porn star, never mind paid off a porn star to mm. not say anything about it. Mm. Trump got us there. Before mm. that, the craziest presidential sexual shit that we had going for us was literally just Bill Clinton getting ahead from an uh, intern, which – Granted, was the biggest thing in the fucking world at the time, but Trump really increased that. He made it possible. For me, a lot of people had never seen a popular podcast co-host go around and start making money with his dingling. Mm. Boom, we increased the Overton window. The Overton window now includes Kanye saying, we need to stop dissing the Nazis. That is something I never thought that I would see was any kind of like famous black person or, or rapper say something like that. But, but we're all pushed back is that that wasn't acceptable, him saying that. And also, Donald Trump, in my mind, maybe wasn't the sole factor in cancel culture completely dominating, but he was a big part of it. In Bill Clinton's time, you get your dick sucked under a desk. You say that you're against gay marriage. Maybe you even hit your wife after a couple scotches. <laughs> we don't know that. That do stuff, it, see, and I'm not advocating it, but it seemed like you could get away for it. And now, if you so much as say or, or hint that you have any beliefs that could be considered Republican— you are branded as far right all of a sudden. To be a Republican now is to be far right or alt right, life, and you're blacklisted. But I would also say that look at Herschel Walker, who's an anti-abortion Republican candidate who has clearly paid for many, many abortions, yeah. not to mention beat up women and all this other crazy shit. And 
He's just kind of getting a pass on it right now. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that the Overton window is a lot bigger in the Republican world versus the liberal world because, you know, remember when Al Franken got his ass kicked out of Congress or whatever because of the old, you, know, you remember him as a comedian and there was basically like a picture of him with like, um, he went to like entertain the troops and I don't want to get details of this wrong, but there was some woman who was wearing like full military gear, whatever, and she was passed out sleeping and he took a photo where he went behind her and was smiling and going like this. Like, as if he was holding her titties, right? Yeah. And so then that picture comes out, and they use that as grounds to basically get him kicked out of working in government. Mm -hmm. And even at the time, I remember the conversation really happening, which was like, the the right is allowing basically whatever to take mm -hmm. place, and they're not really, like, holding each other to account, taking each other to account, holding each other to account. And then you have basically anybody who violates any kind of, like, small social taboos on the left is meanwhile being held to the fire so you kind of like are in a situation where the right is just going to back each other up no matter what and mm -hmm. the le like and we've seen that with the Nick Fuentes thing where it's like very very few people on the right have had anything negative to say about Donald mm -hmm. Trump spending time with him and obviously if it was Joe Biden even setting foot in the same room as somebody who was viewed as like Antifa or like whatever I mean it would just be different so there's like very clearly like different standards that each group holds themselves to mm -hmm. although I will admit that I kind of like living in a world where I can say something offensive and I feel it in 2022, I can say something offensive and it will get a lot less energy or a lot less attention than it would have in 2018 mm. because of the fact that people like Trump have really kind of like opened up the, the, the view of like what is allowed to say that Overton window. It's a new word I'm going to play around with, dude. I got it. The over it window. The over it We should have called this podcast that. Let's change the name. The over it window. And this is going to be my thumbnail we're image. Over it. This we're gonna have to blur our middle fingers. We don't want to get demonetized now. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. I am so over it. I'm gonna jump out this window. We're on the ground floor. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I'm climb. not saying I'm gonna kill myself. I'm just gonna jump out the window. You can drown yourself in your pool along with your cat's snowflake and mittens tonight. Most of our windows don't even open. So, what are your cat's names? Out of curiosity, Julius and Maeve. I don't like that. I don't either. I, don't I like know. Julius. Maeve? Maeve is like a fucking chick who is an astrologist. I don't really know where either name came from, but I do know that... Oh, no. Josh's kids picked out the name, actually. That's not Josh. But Josh's kids picked out the name. Let's give the duty to another set of kids next time. Yeah. Or just me, better Well, yet. we might just not have these cats anymore. I spent like six months falling in love with them, and then we, they're going... Yeah, it's time for a pillowcase and a nice little bath. But I told my girl, I'm like, it's, that's a good thing about me having all these fans of the podcast and shit is I could just give the cats to one of them, assume that they're good people because they listen to the podcast. Is that true? I don't know. No. But then from time to time, you know, I'll follow this guy on Instagram. Boom, he's sending me cat updates and stuff. He's letting me know he's got my cat. He's just an extended member of my family. I'm into that. Uh -huh. Yeah, I would say them listening to this podcast is an indicator that they're not good people and they shouldn't be trusted with animals. Well, the it's beginning the part of this podcast was basically a tutorial on how to drown a cat yeah. and get away with it. <laughs> Us bragging about how the government wasn't going to do anything about it. Anybody commenting favorably or liking this podcast it should not have charge of an animal. I Dude, I got some shit to show you and tell you about from this weekend. I would love to, but first I just want to ask you how you feel about the episode that came out last week which is actually the same it came out like two hours before we're filming this where we interviewed destiny how did you feel about it Did you have a good time i thought we had a good time i had a great time yeah yeah i had we did two podcasts that day together the right. first one shaking off the rust a little bit getting the the, the yapper loosened yeah. up and then when destiny came on i thought it was great i think we had a sugar high then a sugar crash that might have taken effect later in the episode but he's so stoic that he just like kind of refused to admit that the sugar was having any kind of effect on him 
I like that he played our game, though. At first, he seemed a little bit too cool for school, but then slowly, you know, he started nibbling on a on a blue Smurf. Because he started, started nibbling. Yeah. On a, <laughs> he started started back in the blue. And started back <laughs> in the blue. That was an important breakthrough. <coughs> and then, <coughs> sorry, take one drag <coughs> of your colored <coughs> cigarette. What not the marijuana. fuck is that? Okay, he 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 did the poop talk. I thought that was important. That was important. Yeah. We talked about poop, and he went with it, and he acknowledged that he doesn't normally get into that because his content is a little bit more highbrow, mm-hmm. but he acknowledged that the poop content was cool. And then what I really liked was at the end, you could tell that he was like dying to ask me all these questions about sex. Mm-hmm. Just as like, oh, I'm talking to a person who has like a lot of data mm-hmm. about what it's like sleeping with a lot of different women, mm-hmm. and he just sort of realized like, oh, like I could ask him sort of like empirical data-driven questions, which I was very happy to be involved with that, although I don't, we, we probably could have got further with it. You guys had a good talk. What I wanted to ask him, and which I didn't, and I sort of regretted not asking him, I wanted to know what his sexual plans were for that week. I wanted to know what he had lined up, where he was going to have sex with it, and what kind of sex he was going to have. I don't know if he would have let us in on the full, full list of what he had planned, but when you think about it, he said that he's been in trouble for cheating even within the context of his open relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's like a specific girl that his girl said that she didn't like him hooking up with and he still did it. Or just he didn't tell her about a specific girl or whatever. I mean, it feels good knowing that because that's a real sign that like intelligentsia pussy really exists. Because he, he's not exactly, you know, LeBron James or anything. He's like a pretty small white dude with a big old brain on him. Mm-hmm. And apparently the women are flocking to him, which is nice to know. Yeah. That all, hey, you could be a shrimpy little guy. All you got to do is get really, really smart, mm-hmm. and they're coming. And also famous on the internet, I guess. It's nice to know, isn't it? <laughs> I think we already it, knew that. <laughs> I tell people, but I tell people a guy was in my Patreon live stream You recently. get rich, smart, and famous, and they fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. Or I, damn it. basically rich or famous, one of the two will work. But it's nice because women have the cop out. Like Women can solve all their problems instantly by marrying rich. <laughs> right. Men can solve all their problems instantly by getting rich. Mm. And you always have that to fall back on. You can do it, um, uh, well, I guess the one is a little bit more admirable than the other, getting rich as a man. But yeah, it's it's the great eraser. It's the great equalizer. And knowing he, that He got married to like a super hot 22-year-old little streamer anime chick. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. pretty hot. Yeah, and I think he was probably cleared to fuck, because I listened to one of his shows, <laughs> and he said as long as he's on the road, that's when he does most of his fucking. So it was probably, yeah. maybe, I mean, maybe there was an orgy even after we got done interviewing him. He had know. a long day here. And he seems like he has the work ethic. You know, he holds, he holds it down on stream for 10 hours a day. Oh, dude. So even if he was doing podcasts for like 10 hours, I'm sure he had a couple hours of fucking. But see, that that those are the things I would like to know about Destiny is like, if you were, if you meet up with someone to sleep together, how long are we talking? Because he's on stream for 10 hours. I do like hour long podcasts. I'm just wondering, like, do you go for length even when you're like having this sort of one on one encounter? For me, a lot of my hookups are anonymous and at truck stops, so it's brief. For him, though, for him, do you think there's this really overbearing intellectual angle? Like, Do you think he's reading from Nietzsche while he's making love to these women? 
I don't think so, but I feel I feel like what's more likely is that he enters into this like animalistic state where his eyes just become completely white uh. and he just enters like dragon slayer, wolverine, fucking yeah. rage mode destiny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like when I have memories of having sex on meth and just being fully like gone for hours, just like <sighs> just fucking. I fi- I figure that's like his normal sexual experience. A lot of noises. Just a full animal, yeah. And do you think this would be really corny, but it's possible? Do you think he has a sign-off line or a climax line, better yet, that involves the word destiny? Like, I'm about to give you a pearl necklace. It is your destiny. Oh. No, he goes. Now who's got a girl's name? As soon as he nuts. That is a common refrain from his fans. He Destiny's says it really sassy and flips his hair back He's and just sort of trots away. I would love that. I hear a lot of stories about YouTubers making girls watch their content as the YouTuber fucks the girl. I hear Wait, those really? stories. I've heard that, yes. I know a couple of people who have done it as a joke, gotten blown to their videos, but I've heard recently about a creator who will like only fuck girls doggy style while both of them watch his newest video, which is so That's amazing. Funny. Are you talking about Bryce Hall? I don't think so. The other day I was talking to a girl who told me that she hung out with Bryce Hall and that the first thing that he did was put on his new YouTube video and be like, check this out, it's super funny. (laughs) And then she told me he put on like other videos too, like older videos. And I was like, that's amazing. I've never, dude, imagine, and granted a Bryce Hall vlog is a lot shorter than a podcast, but imagine having a girl over and been like, we're watching the new Sledge Lords. (laughs) It's rough, dude. That's amazing. It's hard enough for me to watch my own stuff on my own. It's hard for me to watch a TikTok of 45 seconds of myself. Never mind fucking rewatch the whole episode. That's because a 45 minute, 45 second TikTok of you is you making a smoothie, and it shouldn't be watched by anyone. No, I'm talking about from the podcast. Oh, from a clip. Yeah, that's tough, too. That's tough, too. But um, I got AD to admit that he would rather. Destiny fuck his girl, then LeBron James fuck his girl. Of course. Is right. that really a question? But as like a big black dude, I was just wasn't sure if he had like thought about the fact, or not the fact, but if he had thought about that. Because to me, it seems like, well, I would rather her get fucked by a small dude than a big dude. Let's just base it on that. It's really nice to know that, because I thought I was maybe racist for implicitly like being like, oh, it'd be way better if my girl got fucked by a white guy. And that's why I was, guy. but see, I don't think the white guy thing is as important. Because okay, let's okay, Muggsy Bogues, or already, I don't like who, that. Who's already. the tallest white I, guy ever? I don't like the sound. Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues or Pete Davidson. Muggsy Bogues is like the shortest basketball player ever. Uh, so uh, five Pete, foot four or something. Uh, mm, he's five foot four. Like really small. Like five foot three. Okay, so Pete Davidson, and you bring him up probably because he's a known ladies man, and there are rumors yeah, floating I, around Hollywood that he's he got has a big too cop. much context associated with him. So I don't think it should be Pete Davidson, but we can use that for now. And also, he's LeBron James versus Pete Davidson. I mean. LeBron James is a fucking monster. Completely. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's all a Stitches. mental. It's you a remember mental. Remember the rapper Stitches? Can somebody pull up a video of Stitches? <laughs> it's an arithmetic. Stitches here. is the white LeBron James for sure. Because like, okay, so here, when you're thinking about somebody fucking your girl, the only thing you're thinking about is how much is she going to enjoy this? Is she going to? There's Stitches right there. I don't like the looks of that either, but. There's a calculus that takes place. So, for instance, we did a porn this weekend, and our buddy King Croc had sex with Kazumi on camera. I heard about this. Now, I happened to be in the room while he had sex with Kazumi. And it was the most... I just want... <laughs> ah! Oh, it switched to a famous Dex song. I'm going to take that as a, as a notice. What you going to do with it? We're not going to talk about stitches. Okay, keep going. I watched this man... 
And all your friends can't get boners. They can't get boners, <laughs> which is nice. And then when they do have sex, King Croc, he he did this thing that it was like a schoolyard. Hey, 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 Billy, do you want to learn how to make a girl come? Yeah, boy, boy, would I? You just got to do a come here motion and finger her G-spot while you're massaging her abdomen. He did that. He did that for the first couple of minutes of the encounter. Like, hey, Kazumi. King Croc did that to Kazumi. I got a move that's guaranteed was, to make you come. He was hitting this. He telling was hitting her. that. Telling that and you were gar- filming it? We were filming it. You were in the room. I was in the room. Wow. So after seeing that, and then after seeing him, I, I, it looked like two species that are of completely different lines and body sizes trying to fuck it looked like a giraffe trying to have sex with a french bulldog like that i can see that king croc he's got a big penis and he's black but i would much rather my girlfriend have sex with him than even uh, one of the better looking white staff members at no jumper yeah but that's because you've just seen king croc completely strike out as a dick smith so you know that he's not gonna be able to pleasure her in any way i'm just saying that it's not all about cock size and skin color so we've established that but, I mean, King Croc really is basically like a different species than Kazumi because she has a body that was created by a surgeon mm-hmm. in many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has a body that has been created by mostly fat food and butter. And also... I fat food? I should have said fast food. Why did it come out wrong? Fat, fatty food. Fat foods, food is it still works. true. But and it's, I mean, Jack in the Box, it's fat people food. I'm just Let's saying be that, like, Kazumi literally is a person who has dedicated the last few of... A few years of her lives to making her ass bigger, making her waist smaller, making her tits bigger, getting a facelift, making her face, all this stuff. And she was already a pretty young, attractive girl to whatever extent already. And then you have King Croc, who literally is just day by day shoveling sticks of butter down his throat, trying to look worse. And alcohol. And he, most disturbingly, he injects himself with testosterone he purchases in Tijuana. Are you serious? I'm serious. What the fuck? And he doesn't work out, which really begs the question, why are you wasting your time and money? Are you joking? No. That's just doing steroids. You know that, right? Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> it's it's like... Um, if he's on the juice, I want to hit up more plates, more dates, and let them know right now. We need to run his blood work. It would be... The technician would kill themselves. <laughs> Whoever drew the vials, like, this this guy shouldn't be alive right now. Yep. I have lost faith in my profession. <laughs> because all right, you know what's funny about that is that injecting that testosterone into yourself while not working out and shit is basically going to do nothing to like increase your physiology or it's like very little. Yeah. But then meanwhile, what it is definitely going to do is make it so that your body can't produce testosterone on its own once you stop doing it. It's a disaster. Yeah, it's like it, the stupidest idea I've ever heard. It's it's so getting big and in shape is like what. 90% the work you put in and maybe 10% diet and supplements. Okay, but steroids are not like other supplements. Steroids are so powerful that it is kind of like you can barely work out and like kind of not eat that good and still blow the fuck up. But that being said, like, I I mean, I've seen him in person many times and I've never thought like, oh, you look like someone who's got more testosterone than the average guy. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's insane. It's it's it would be like us buying a bunch of microphones and podcasting equipment and then not doing a podcast. Right. It's almost equivalent to that. Exactly. And then film the podcast and it's just us sitting there. But okay, so you're saying that he was doing this whole little ceremonial finger bang thing and he was talking himself up like saying that he was really going to be able to fuck her. Yeah. And had you seen his dick before this? Yeah. And it's big? It's a big cock. Okay. And so then he fingers her for a couple of minutes. Did she seem like she was getting into it, or was she laughing? I'm like, I mean, Adam, she had made love to a man 
12 hours before that. And she literally was telling us she had to hurry up because she had another scene an hour afterwards. after this scene. Do you really Jesus. think she was getting lost in the ecstasy of King Croc's fingering technique? No, but porn is acting. And a lot of these girls are really, really good at acting like they're enjoying it, even if they're pretty clearly not. When's the last time have you, when's the last time any of you even saw a chick get fingered in porn? I don't think I've seen that. Oh, they do it all the time. You're skipping through, so you don't see it. But there's, there's, there's like a moment or two of finger. You know, it's, it's probably really. Like, yeah, I mean, well, listen. I'm you, not trying to doubt you. Even if there's not fingering on camera, off camera, there's probably some fingering. Right, get getting the vagina ready. You don't want the first thing going into the vagina all day to be a big ass dick. Eating out is that happening on every scene, or are some guys a little squeamish about it. I don't know. I honestly don't know if they're all doing it. But I would say that a large percentage of them are doing it. Because, all right, think about it. As a porn dude, like, if you're trying to fill up, like, a 30, 40-minute tape, like, when people click on it, yeah. they want to see 40 minutes worth of footage. Now, you know that in reality, almost everybody's, like, skipping through it. But so if you have 10 minutes of the girl gyrating around looking sexy and five minutes of your making out and you're fingering them or whatever, it's like... Even if the people don't really want that, it's like a lot easier on the actors, I would say, yeah. to like just kind of include all this stuff. And plus, it's like, you know, the girl looks a lot different when she's like modeling in a bikini and like twisting around in front of the pool than she does when she's actually getting fucked. Uh -huh. So it is nice to have that as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, eating out, it's functional too. It lubricates her. Yeah. You can play around with your dingling, get it hard. Sometimes I think maybe I could last longer if I were to use lube instead of spit because I feel like the lube is probably like more slip and slide-ish. Do you have a problem coming too quickly when you're doing scenes? I have that problem more than the not coming problem. Which is great. In porn, yeah. that's fantastic. I have, like, a lot of porn dudes, from what I've realized, they can't get hard on camera. Like, uh. getting hard and staying hard is really, really fucking hard. For me, I do not have that problem. Getting hard super easy, staying hard super easy, but coming too, too quickly is, like, the issue. So that is, like, the thing I have to monitor for. Whereas, from my experience... Bro, I'm telling you that probably like 90% of the guys that I've I've been involved with shooting porn with this year, and this sounds so gay, but involved with in the sense of them supposed to be banging chicks like for my brand or whatever, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm batting like 80% failures. These guys who are supposed to be professional porn stars. Yeah. They're not getting hard. And your friends. <laughs> yeah. Both of them. If it's... <laughs> If if any of my friends are outperforming your flock, that's really really sad. I'm just saying, like I've I've just like when you told me that about King Croc like ten years ago when I didn't really know about the business, I would have been surprised. I've gotten to the point now where if if you were to tell me, yeah, King Croc got a huge boner, he fucked the shit out of her for twenty minutes and then he nutted on her face, I would have been astonished. Yeah, because well, it just feels like most guys, even if they can do that off camera, it's just really hard on camera, and that makes me wonder how bad the dick is that the average girl is getting from the average guy. My time in porn has made me realize it's probably infinitely worse than I ever knew before, and I now look at my own performance much differently as well. You're the boss, too. When you're the boss, a degree of pressure is off versus when you bring some fuck in off the street. He's trying out. Yeah. He's thinking that you could be the, his career maker. Well, I'm the X Factor, too. I think that I'm the X Factor that's making these dudes not be able to get hard a lot. 100%. Yeah, because most of the time you're leaning over their shoulder drooling. Yeah, or I'm right down there with the girl, with the girl giving them head. You know? Or licking their asshole while they're fucking. It's hard <laughs> for a camera. man to perform. <laughs> yeah, that's just when you're warming up. I used to... I had a lot of group sex situations when I was in my 20s. My buddy Adam Fu and I, I'm going to use his full name. 
Adam Foulad. He's a real estate developer. It's not a big Foo's deal. Foo's gone wild. Foo's gone wild. Yeah. Him and I would have all sorts of double team scenarios and double penetrations. And I never had any problem getting hard because it was, I felt comfortable. I was in a scenario right. I was in control of. But if I had to have sex with the same amount of people in the room, on camera, bright lights, yeah. that would be, I would be so fucking uncomfortable. Most people, if there's another person in the room, the only thing they can think about is the other person. For some reason, that doesn't really happen with me. I feel like me and the other person are on the same team. When you first started, though, was it different? You could get hard. Like, but I used to fuck in front of people like whenever possible anyway. I was always trying to fuck chicks with my homies. When you pull up on your BMX bikes? You know, like the types of chicks that are fucking BMX dudes are actually the types who might get gangbanged, it yeah. turns out. <laughs> it's, it's really... That never uh, really bothered me. I actually kind of always thought that was cool. Chicks who get gangbanged? No, like gangbanging chicks with your homies. It's the best. Because when you when you have group sex, it becomes less intimate and awkward and more comedic. And I find somehow the idea of a woman debasing herself to such an extreme amount that she would be down for that. Yeah. There's something like... Hot about that. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I totally agree. I know what you're saying. Okay. It's, okay. It, it's, it's like she, um, you and your buddy, you in your heads, you're like, we're so badass. We got her to completely violate the feminine moral standard. Right. By, by doing, but she wanted to do it so bad that mm -hmm. she was willing to do something that realistically in almost every walk of life besides porn and even in porn, you would be judged extremely harshly mm -hmm. by. Let me tell you a story from back in the day, and let me tell you about my conflicting views on it. So I wish I could tell you their names, but I had one friend. Let's call him Cody. Cody had this chick. He was always fucking her or whatever. Like, and uh, then we had another friend. Let's call him Brian, right? And so they see this girl that, that Cody had been fucking with at the bar, but she's kind of flirting with Cody and Brian at the same time, and they're friends. These are both like homies of mine, right? And so they end up taking her back to the house, and uh, Cody fucks her, comes on her face, and then Brian basically like just walks into the room and starts fucking her too, and she doesn't skip a beat because she is so down. She doesn't mind at all because she had like kind of made it clear at the bar that she's into both of them. I'm hearing about this after the fact because somebody took a photo of Brian on top of her fucking her, and he, A, looks like a fucking uh, uh, a raccoon because his <laughs> eyes are, like, lit up. They're, like, white because it was taken, like, in the dark. But then in our group chat at the time, we think this is the funniest thing that has ever happened, just the fact that we have a photo of our homie fucking a chick uh -huh. with a, with our other homie's nut on her face. Mm -hmm. Everybody's acting like this is the funniest thing ever. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was pretty hot. You liked it. I wish I was there. I wish I was the third man, yeah. Not I necessarily in that order, but this is a long time ago. I would I would, I would have definitely I would have been all up in that. Uh, speaking of, uh, would you have licked her face? No. Speaking, I don't think he did either, hopefully. Speaking of raccoon Brian, photos. Brian, you know who you are, Brian. My buddy my buddy sent me a photo of him from his college days, and it's him bent over getting his ass eaten by a chick while that chick's getting fucked by another guy on their wrestling team. While another dude on their wrestling team looks on, and he's fully erect, but his erection's only two inches long. Wow. And I, I saved that to my camera roll. I will keep that until I die because, mm. hey, that woman is in the middle of what you're talking about. There was a girl. Social suicide. There, there was a girl in high school. Let's call Her last name began with like P-E-N. Dude, I, I fucking outed Crystal Welliver for fucking a boa constrictor. You did. And I'm, offer I'm, something I'm, I'm for changing us. the name up right here. But let, her, her name began with P-E-N. P -E -N, and like let's say her first name was Christine. We took her last name and we changed it to Penetration instead of 
pen, blah, blah, blah. You okay. know, so it's her name throughout high school was Christy Penetration. She was super down to get fucked by whoever. It was fucking crazy. And I remember once, <laughs> this is just like the most natural thing on earth. I remember one time I had some homies. They're at a party and they're both fucking her, right? She's, she's sucking one of their dick and the other one's fucking her from mine. This is at a party. This is like 2002, so people don't have cell phones. They definitely don't have cameras yet. Mm. So you could do something like this at a party and there wouldn't be a fucking video of it, which is pretty fucking shocking when you think about how much society has changed. Anyway, the one homie steps back for a second so that he can fucking drink his beer or whatever. And while he's doing that, her dog runs up and starts just aggressively eating her vagina. Now, they told me this story at the time, right? And you know how it is with these stories where it's like they're trying to keep it low-key. They don't necessarily want her to know, whatever. And, you know, one, one night, years later, I'm at the bar in my hometown, and I see her. And she's like, so, Adam, you got money now. You're going to buy me a drink? And I go, I'll buy you a drink if you admit that that dog ate you out that night at that party. She's like, what the fuck is wrong? I'm like, just admit it. I'm like, I just want to know if it's true or not. She's like, you're really gonna buy me a drink? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really? And then she admitted it to my face. You'll yes. Buy me a my dog bag. ate my pussy. And I'm like, this is the best four dollars I've ever spent in my entire life. I just paid you four dollars basically to admit that a dog oh ate you my out. Oh god. The because the all of those years, bars. I kind of thought that my homies might have just made it up, right? Because it's like maybe maybe it didn't really happen, but it like almost happened, and they kind of imagined that it did or whatever. And, and the beauty of that is, a and dog, it was so long ago that I can't even remember if the if the dog fucked her or if the dog ate her out. I wish I knew because the fucking part would be a way better story, but I can't remember. If it fucked her, it was so. Uh, long, it was like I, twenty years ago, dude. I'll tell you this, man. Any dog that snaps too that quickly, <laughs> that's not the first time that dog. Shouldn't done a it. dog know not to do that to his owner? Like I don't Unless feel he's like been trained. I don't feel like we have to worry about Ralphie doing that to Lena. Ralphie, your your doodle, my doodle. Hopefully not, unless you know, Lena has some extracurricular training activities going on when you're here. And if I walk in on her doing that, Ralphie's dead. She's dead. No, that's not... Daddy's really gonna kill Ralphie. Don't turn this Christmas into story. a den of bestiality. <laughs> it's just, you always have to monitor that situation. Somebody told me once that if you ever see a chick on the street with a big old dog, the girl's fucking that dog. <laughs> you know, and your dog is a pretty big dog. Someone really told you that? Like they Somebody told you? me that. <laughs> it was this guy. I want to say his name was Casey Ice Cold Uscola, who was like a, um, a disgraced MMA fighter who was real redneck and real drunk all the time. And I think he told me once in, it was like 5 a.m. The sun was coming up and we were getting hammered in a garage. He's like, Danny, you ever see a girl walking down the street with a Malamute or a Great Dane or a big German Shepherd? She's fucking that canine. Wow. And you know what? That's one thing that Mr. Ice Cold Uscola said that I stand by. You know the way that the Republicans think or the QAnon people think that the Democrats are all raping children? Yeah. I think the women are all fucking dogs. I am right there with you. And if you disagree with me, cancel culture. I can believe whatever I want. You can. It's your truth, as Oprah would put it. Adam, I want to piss right now, but I got to tell you the story that has to do with dogs, yeah. has to do with cancel culture. I was so fucking fired up about this last night. I'm gonna take a quick piss because yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. took down a sure. large coffee. No. Danny, okay, I got a fucking tidbit for you, right? 
Well, hear me, hear me out. Well, I'm going to hear you out. I mean, let me just tell you this first. Your brain's getting really. This is a, this is a post on the No Jumper Instagram. It's been out for four hours, eighty four thousand likes. Apparently, people are gravitating to it. California principal pen suicide note on Facebook detailing strained relationship with his wife before jumping to his death at Disneyland. Now, there was a photo that I actually saw on Faces of L.A. or some shit on Instagram that was a photo of this body laid out at, at Disneyland. It was edited out, but I fucking sent it to my girl just basically to say like. We we're supposed to go to Disneyland in a couple of days. This is pretty crazy that this happened. But then he left this note that I'm going to try to speed we, read. We, we got to back up real quickly. Where if one is going to kill themselves at Disneyland, the Matterhorn parking garage? I don't know. I think you got to jump the Matterhorn. Maybe off the roller coaster on Space Mountain. Probably tons of options. Space Mountain's nice too, because you know how when they do the firing squad, they blindfold <laughs> it's you. It's literally like Disneyland for suicide options. It's great. <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay, well, listen to what he said though. It Disneyland t- is Disneyland <laughs> for pedophiles. For people who want to kill themselves, a lot of things. A lot of things. People like mice. Chris Christensen, and apparently somebody who went to who works at No Jumper, this was their principal in school. I'm not going to call them out because they're not the most publicly facing employees, but that's fucking insane. He wrote this on Facebook. I hate when people leave this earth with so many unanswered questions. So I hope this provides some insight and perspective. This is my wife, Marlena. Yes, you heard me correctly. Most of you don't know this, but we privately married three and a half years ago. Marlena and I love and adore each other, and our relationship has been amazing up until recently. Unfortunately, two weeks ago, she and I got into a heated argument at home in front of the girls. Tempers were flared, and strong words were exchanged between us. However, never in this exchange did I hit, slap, or hurt Marlena in any manner, nor did I ever touch the girls. I never have, and I never will. And I love the girls like my own, and they know that, as does everybody else who truly knows me. Unfortunately, Marlena's anger got the best of her that night, and she called the police, which landed me in jail that night. Yes, me, a man who has never hit or harmed anyone in his life. I think it's safe to say that Marlena truly regrets making that call because the events of that night have completely unraveled both of our lives. I am on the brink of losing my job. I am out on administrative leave until my case is resolved. However, the legal system is extremely flawed, especially against men. And it's sickening how quickly and easily an innocent man can be thrown in jail based on zero evidence or proof. In fact, take a look at the attached screenshots of Marlena's message to my friends about the matter. Uh, the matter. She too had no intention on having that night come this far. She knows I would never hurt her or the girls, and she too has been trying to clear my name with little success. Again, the legal system is deeply flawed, to say the least. So here I am writing my final Facebook post all of you. I need you to all know that a gentle, kind, loving, and sincerely good man has been destroyed by one unfortunate night. It really is unfortunate. This is not me. This is not something I ever thought would happen to me. With all of this said, I have truly loved educating and leading thousands of students and families as a principal principal in FVSD D for the past 21 years. I've made so many wonderful connections with families over the years and those who know me closely know how much I care for my students, staff, and families. Please remember me for all the good I brought to the world of education, to all my musician friends, blah, blah, blah. There's so much more I want to say, but I'm going to spend the rest of today reaching out to those closest to me to let them know how much I love them. This is not an ideal way to go out, but at least I get a chance to say some final words to those who love and adore. Take care, everyone. Please, please, please be kind to one another. Treat each other with kindness and grace. There's too much anger in the world, and people need to start treating each other better. What I've showed you above is prime example of how anger can really have a long-lasting, extremely damaging effect on a person's life. All i got to say about that is that that is the most polite suicide note ever, and never at any moment did he even show any any anger to the woman who apparently made false allegations that have apparently ruined his life. And I also want to say that he takes care to mention that he never hurt his kids. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was part of the allegation was that he abused the children as well. Cause you can imagine how that is played out. Like, 
they're they're taking him away from his kids and his wife, and it's gonna take months and months and for, like I don't know though, bro. Like you killed yourself when you have children. That's a lot. Uh, my favorite thing was that he takes time to thank his musician buddies. I want to thank Fishbone on the wash tub, yeah. Moo Moo on the triangle. He sounds like he's I wish retiring. He gone down the list. He sounds like he's retiring from a gig that he had for a while. When in reality, he fucking killed himself in front of a shitload of normal fucking people walking around. Here's what I think, dude. I think it's symbolic of a lot of what's wrong with America. He kills himself at Disneyland, which screams to me a man who refuses to grow up. And granted, this is a fucked up situation. He's being accused of the very least domestic violence, maybe something involving the the molesting or harming of children. Right. But dude, as things are going to go wrong in your life, and you can't just right. climb up a fake paper mache Matterhorn and jump every yeah. time that happens. And he's he. He said in that post, he said, see attached screenshots. Now, I didn't see the screenshots because they didn't screenshot that on the No Jumper post. But, bro, let's say worst case scenario, that happened to me. That my, my girl made some kind of insane fake allegation against me. I mean, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Like, it's going to suck. You're going to have, like, a really bad year. Probably you should separate from this woman and no longer have anything to do with her realistically. If she would lie about this one time, she might lie about it again. Yes, a lot of your friends probably are going to write you off in the short term. And maybe at some point, some of them are going to come around and some some aren't. We've all been canceled to varying degrees. Now, granted, this is like a much more extreme version of canceling than most people ever have to deal I with. Mean, I mean, but, I but is it really? No. You're not even a fucking public figure. You're a school principal. Exactly. You divorce this lady. You hopefully get some sort of custody of the kids. And you go one school district over and start a new. There's a couple thousand people on earth who know who you are. Less. For we, him? We don't even consider YouTubers like successful at all until they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of subscribers, yeah. right? I mean, this guy realistically could go one by one and state his case to every different person in his life that he's ever fucking known mm -hmm. explaining what happened. That's part of the problem when you're famous and you get canceled mm -hmm. is that there's all these people talking about you. There's all these people changing their mind about you and you don't have any real recourse. You can't. Yeah. This doesn't scale. You don't get to have a conversation with every single one of your mm -hmm. fans, you know? Yeah. With this guy, it's kind of like. It's, it's crazy to see him having such a positive outlook and attitude on it while also making a decision that really seems pretty extreme and insane, right? That was the suicide note of a very mentally adjusted person. The guy, basically everything he wrote in there, be like, oh, this guy's on the mend. Mm. This guy, except for the uh, the splattered body at the bottom of the tower at Toontown. And what about the screenshots that he posted there? Why not post those and not kill yourself if they're so incriminating? Why not post those? Let everybody know that you're lying. Maybe, maybe. How about this? If you really want to go viral with like making it clear that you're you're not guilty, make a YouTube video, make a fucking TikTok, and tell the exact story that you just told, mm -hmm. minus the killing yourself part. Show mm -hmm. all your evidence. It's going to get millions of views, most likely. If I had to guess, a shitload of people are going to be fascinated by this story. The same reason it's viral right now, without you having to kill yourself. I mean. You could have cleared your name in many ways. And if anything, doesn't this kind of do the opposite? Don't you feel like this, the killing himself thing, almost makes it more likely that he was actually guilty and that he figured that if he just did this, then boom, it's like discussion closed. And also, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, what was Mr. Wilkinson accused of? Pedophilia. How did he kill himself? Uh, he rammed his bumper car into a five-year-old at Autotopia. Oh, okay, no. he was a pedophile. But you hear about that all the time. There was a guy a couple months ago who fucking jumped off of the... He was some 
super rich investor. He jumps off a building. He worked at a hedge fund or some shit. He jumps off a building because he got accused of child molestation. Doesn't that mean you think 100%? Oh, he did it. Well, He's it, guilty of sin. Why the fuck else would he kill himself? Yeah. This guy wrote the incredible Was it the letter. Toys R Us corporate building? I don't know, but the, the let, there probably isn't one anymore, right? Didn't it go away? <laughs> <They're> gone, <laughs> the fuck it, but like, <laughs> think about this. Like, Without the letter, he looks 100% guilty. Uh-huh. So you throw the letter in there, but I mean, anybody could write a fucking letter. Anybody could, like, we have no reason to believe that letter, right? What are the odds that this woman gets harassed brutally by people all over the world for the next couple months, and then at some point she releases her story, her version of it, and it's totally fucking different than the way he just depicted it? I don't know, maybe. It's possible, but again, she's not a public figure, so how hard can you even harass somebody like this? Oh, yeah, right, but they, they do it. Like, you could be like a doctor at a fucking hospital and fucking libs of TikTok starts talking about you, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're getting harassed like crazy, you know, right or wrong for forever. When I got canceled for the fat phobia stuff, people were calling into my girlfriend's college right. and trying to get counselors and administrators to kick her out of the school. Yeah, oh, your girlfriend's college is amazing. That's insane. There's like so many layers of separation. My homie's dad was in a documentary basically at one point because he, he was like a local, um, a local, like, court-appointed lawyer right and there was like a a documentary that came out on netflix that was basically like look at how this kid got screwed his lawyer is fucking garbage his lawyer let him do this this and this and like meanwhile as this documentary comes out because it's like 20 years after the story or 10 years after the story his dad is like dying Uh and meanwhile my homie and his fucking brothers and sisters are all getting flooded with fucking hate mail based on what his dad did in this documentary from 10 20 years ago and then meanwhile at the same time his dad's dying of fucking cancer i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure his dad already passed away mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of fucking weird shit that can go on that's why like you got to do everything you can to make sure people don't make a documentary about you if you're involved in like a horrific crime imagine what i just drove by the hammer museum in westwood uh namesake hammer family Army Hammer. Oh, yeah, You, yeah, think, yeah. you think people are still visiting that motherfucker? Because uh, that documentary, yeah, pretty damning to the legacy. Yeah, but if anything, when you watch the documentary, you're kind of like, oh, his family didn't really fuck with him and didn't really do much for him. Like, they didn't really have a whole lot to do with him, right? Yeah, they were busy molesting their own women. Well, and then, oh, like, yeah, yeah, because they're all a bunch of sick freaks. Yeah, that made the whole family look fucking terrible for sure. But um, it's going to be tough, dude. In a liberal L.A., like a pink haired art docent wandering around the Army Hammer Museum. I can't see it. Well, so, you know, that uh, the dude who just got uh, the situation where he uh, what's his name? Sam Bankman Friedman, yeah, FTX. the FTX dude. Yeah. His his parents are both like very esteemed professors from Stanford or some mm-hmm. shit. So it's like it is pretty crazy to think that you could be a dude who's like in his twenties. You just do this one scam and it completely ruins your entire family's fucking reputation that they've been trying to build for their entire life. Yeah, I heard though that he's already back giving speeches and people are already sort of forgiving him. Yeah, I don't know why they're like just giving him a fucking pass. Because well the. The propaganda, or not propaganda, the theory is, the conspiracy is the word I'm looking for, that because he donated massively to the Democratic Party, you can get a pass on anything, which yeah. is partially true, unless you're Harvey Weinstein, it didn't do enough them in his case. But you know what's fucking weird? I haven't looked into it at all, but there's like four crypto billionaires or three crypto billionaires who have been killed or died in like mysterious situations over the past like couple weeks. And I haven't looked into it yet, but like the dudes in the No Jumper group chat are very much like convinced that i don't know the illuminati is or whoever like some some mysterious group is like yeah teaming up to kill all the crypto billionaires and it does sound pretty weird if this is all true well well here's the deal with crypto crypto is a way to escape central banks and government control of finance 
the thing about our currency is it's constantly being inflated. So the government control how can control how rich or poor you are based on the rate of inflation at any given time. Pretty soon we're going to move to a digital currency. And the governments here, much like in China, they will be able to track every single one of your purchases all the time. Bitcoin is a way to get out of that system. It's not dictated by any central power. They can't determine how what its value is. Mm. So I could see it being like, for instance, the Chinese Communist Party declared that Bitcoin is utterly worthless and banned it right. because they're afraid of it. The European Central Bank just formally declared that Bitcoin is on the out. It's going downhill. It's going to be worthless. Don't invest in it. While at the same time, they're working on a central bank digital currency for all of Europe. That's essentially Bitcoin for the European Union controlled by the European Central Bank. So, yes, the people in power are afraid of Bitcoin. Right. They're afraid of cryptocurrency. So I, I could see them trying to prevent its spread. Who? Who does the spread or who does like the existence of crypto billionaires threaten china no yeah. just random people who are not even from china i'm yeah. not buying it bro i'm gonna need a way more compelling uh, it's fucking, explanation it's fucking china bro i read about it on reddit it's just like when somebody starts to like when their argument becomes like they want him dead uh -huh. and there's not any pressure at all to be like who's they it just puts you in kind of a weird spot where well, I didn't want to say all of a sudden, the Jews. but all of a sudden you're trying to disprove. I know the, the they is traditionally the Jews, but mm -hmm. I don't think even I don't think anyone thinks that the Jews are out to kill the crypto billionaires. But you don't you don't see how I, I need to investigate each individual death because maybe they're all completely fucking normal. What if one guy slipped on a banana, and what if one guy got pushed in front of the boulder at the Indiana Jones ride? What if it's tied into this principal suicide? But I could see it's central governments and central powers. And maybe even the bankers who run this country, they want to be able to control their population. And if Bitcoin millionaires and billionaires are very high profile and Fidelity and Vanguard start investing client money into cryptocurrencies, but how does it's some, going to become mainstream. How does and some guy who just has a lot of crypto now, if you're talking about dudes who are like extremely involved in the crypto crypto ecosystem and yeah. they were the ones being killed then maybe that would make a little bit more sense to me but i just don't feel like random rich crypto guys probably has that much like how is that threatening and that's way? a good point if this I, was just a dude who had like six hundred thousand bitcoins now and just if, lived on if, a yacht if sam from fdx if he got killed yeah okay now we're talking about the owner of one of the biggest crypto exchanges that kind of makes sense to me but then also what does killing him do it doesn't like it like there's there's clearly a line of successors at most businesses, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's not like, oh, you know, I'm, I work at Subway right now. I was going to open a tremendously successful crypto exchange. But now that S Sam Bankman Freed got fucking killed. And I'm are, not do are it. there enough? Are there enough crypto billionaires that like four of them dying in a couple of weeks is not that shocking? I you're right. People do the same thing with rappers. It'll be like, oh, three rappers. No, because, OK, there's this one label called Empire and they have, I don't know, maybe like. A, like many hundreds, maybe like a thousand plus rappers signed to him, mostly street rappers, like a lot of like gang oriented, street oriented, whatever rappers, probably like six, seven, eight artists that they have had signed have been killed in like the last five years, four years. Statistically, that is not even like slightly surprising given that this is an extremely dangerous line of work and like if you take if you were to look at all the other rappers you got killed who weren't signed to this label etc and it's kind of hard to come up with like an explanation of like oh well why would the owner of this business in some way want his most valuable clients dead hear me out 
You just said that hip hop, one of the most dangerous lines of work you can be in, like the gangster rap thing. Seems like it. Hear me out, guys. At least for high profile people. We do like uh, like a Freaky Friday sort of thing where we switch lives between gangsta rappers and dudes on the deadliest catch. Like guys who go out on fishing boats. Gangsta rappers are trying to fish for crab off the Bering Strait, and all the boat guys are trying to do gangsta rap in a studio in Los Angeles. Okay. And we see which is actually a more dangerous career. And when I was saying that rappers are the most one of the most dangerous careers... I, I was thinking you were going to say that, or that people at home are going to think that because I do think it's bullshit. Obviously, being a rapper is not one of the most dangerous careers. It's just that when you look at all of the different famous uh, occupations and the rate at which rappers die versus YouTubers, streamers, uh, like actresses, actors, et cetera, I mean, they don't fucking die. You don't hear about them dying at any, like through violence. No. Mm -hmm. Like, people, like how many actresses and, and, Twitch streamers or whatever have you known who've been killed through violence? It's so incredibly rare. Meanwhile, in rap, it happens all the time. Now, this is like a particular type of rap. Now, it's a super popular type of rap, but if you were to look at all of the conscious, like non, if you were to take non gangster rappers and put them in one category and look at the rate at which they're dying, it's like unbelievably low. Then you look at street rappers and it's like extremely high. But I mean, I think that has a negative effect on society, that kind of music being popular. You think that trickles down to the audience, too? Yeah, and I've gotten a lot of shit for saying this, mm -hmm. but I, my opinion is that the more familiar you get with drill music and gangster rap in general, the more impossible it is to argue that it doesn't cause violence mm -hmm. because it so clearly is directly related to a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. And, and But then also, if you just look at each like famous rapper who got killed and all these specific scenarios, it's like... It's it's not that they're like at fault in most of the scenarios, but they're just like blatant, like violent exchanges that realistically are happening in large part in situations that wouldn't happen to a fucking non-rapper. Mm -hmm. ra non-rappers just don't attract this kind of attention and aren't in in a lot of these mm -hmm. situations. You know, Takeoff just got killed. He was in like a fucking dice game with a bunch of dudes who were all holding guns in the in some fucking private rented out bowling alley or whatever. It's not the the craziest situation to put yourself in, but it's definitely a situation that the average like pop star is obviously not putting themselves in. King Vaughn you know, ran Justin up on Tabor a dude and started fighting him and then his friend shot him. That yeah. I mean pop stars aren't doing that. Yeah. So like a lot of these examples are situations now a lot of them are just targeted assassinations. Mm -hmm. Which again still doesn't really happen in yeah. outside rap that much, right? But then the guy who works at Taco Bell, his favorite rapper goes and mows down one of his rivals, and the guy at Taco Bell decides to punch out his manager that night. It's that trickle down effect, dude. It's fucking dangerous. Well, I mean, I grew up listening to gangster rap and loving it in large part because it like kind of like justified or at least was like congruent with my feeling my feelings of anger towards the world in general and then like so you the gangster rap if there was a guy who was a crip and he was talking about mowing down some bloods you would take that anger and apply it toward the guy who did like a better smith grind on a six stair handrail than you that kind of thing <laughs> no like i would think Who's it would your be BMX rival? it would be more like i'm the crip and the ledge is the blood oh wow That's so we're, very productive shre we're shredding the ledge instead oh, of our enemies beautiful now i had no enemies but if I were to, mm -hmm. it would have been a great way to avoid the whole violence aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, know, you would do a, a drive by, quote unquote, on a gap in the San Fernando Valley. I'm going to do a drive by on this handrail. Bam, <laughs> dude.
I'm actually curious, like, who your fucking rivals were at the skate park or the or the BMX scene, and like, why? Like, what could what could this guy do? Did he have a better gyro on no, his bike I, than you? But it wasn't competitive like that. You know what? All right, this might be a good spot to end on. But you've seen Kids, the movie. God damn it, Danny! You need to see Kids. 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 By kids? Harmony Korine. Okay, what happens? Then? Amazing movie. It's basically just like the life of a lot of young skater kids who are living in New York in like 95, I think, mm-hmm. 94. Like it was just like what the lifestyle was like mm-hmm. at that time. And there's a really amazing like storyline to it, which is basically like you're going to have to watch it. But in this movie, when you see like this culture of what it was to be and it's it's such an incredible document to like understand skateboarding at that time, I think too. I skated in the nineties, so I'd fucking I'd oh, love you, that. you would love this. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe you don't know about it. But because uh, it was so controversial and so big at the time. But when did it come out? Ninety six. Oh, wow, that was a pretty quick uh, retrospective right. on the it skating was, it was scene. Like, like, because I just remember my mom seeing it when I was in like sixth grade and being like insanely upset mm-hmm. because it was so fucked up and that like she didn't. She, my mom was like really upset about it. But anyway, there's a thing that Harmony Corinne said when I was watching this documentary about his career on Vice that came out the other day, and he was talking about that movie, and he was saying that in the nineties. There was a real desire as a skater kid or just as a young person in general that you just wanted to disappear. It wasn't like it is today where everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to make content. Everybody wants to be a YouTuber. A lot of these skater kids, when you actually look at like how they live their lives, what were they doing? They were hanging out, smoking weed, trying to get laid, chilling at the park in New York, working on their skating. But... It's not like they're like filming. They're not like skating in the way that kids are these days. We're like trying to get sponsored and shit like that. Like trying to get an iPhone clip. They wanted to disappear. That, that, that's how shop. Harmony Corinne put it, and I thought that that was a brilliant way of describing it. Because when I think about how my mentality was throughout my teens, my mind was not on like making something of myself through my hobby mm-hmm. at all. My 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 goal was to like move to a fucking city and just like it took years and years for me to get into the idea of like no i'm gonna have like a creative input or output that is gonna influence the world and that's gonna be how i define myself i think that there was very much like a a 90s attitude where you didn't want to stand out and you just wanted to blend in and disappear and just be able to like escape your parents and just do your own thing Mm -hmm. and that's something that i feel is like extremely uncommon with this new generation now Mm mm-hmm how you've changed. I've now changed. You, but society you, has changed. Now you don't have a private moment. You're TikToking as you take a shit. Yeah, but I don't really. I feel like I don't put up that much of my private life. I put out these little glimpses yeah. that make people feel like they see a ton of it. But yeah, in reality, I could be penis. hanging out with my family for like three, four days. Yeah, but even that, it's like, then th- that's me painting a version of myself to the world that is actually occupying this tiny percentage of my time. Mm-hmm. And I'm monetizing it. Mm-hmm. But this is not the 90s perspective of. Let's just fade away. Let's blend in. Should we even upload this episode? Let's go <sighs> 90s. Certainly no TikTok clips. We can't blur anything. But the people who were successful throughout that time period were the people who realized what the game was going to be in the future. When you look yeah. at Blink-182, yeah. Blink-182 were super controversial because they had the gall to try to make catchy pop hit records Mm -hmm. at a time where it was like really uncool to Mm -hmm. try to be that and i remember like thinking that they were fucking losers when i was in high school because it felt like they were trying too hard to make hits and shit yeah and now when you look at it it's like oh yeah blink 22 knew exactly what the fuck they were doing they Mm -hmm. realized that ultimately the shit was all going to be a competition Mm -hmm. and that you know, if you if you fucking win the competition, mm-hmm. you can just monetize it for the rest of your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still imagine what they're getting paid to go to a festival now in 2022. But because 
they were ahead of the curve. And they, I mean, they even had Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus were cute, good-looking guys. They had Scott Rayner or some asshole on the drums who was just an alcoholic who couldn't keep. They're like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, but we Travis was risk a goat. It. They said that the Travis like completely changed that band when he joined, in a way that like. I don't think the average person like thinks of a drummer being able to have that effect on a band, you know, Mm -hmm. but from what I've read in his biography and shit is like, because he really is like from a different fucking planet drumming wise. And especially at that time, Mm -hmm. like he joined the band and like everything changed. Like people knew that they were dope or that they had potential. And then he joined and Like, I I feel like he maybe doesn't always get his just due for like how important he was to that band. He's dope because all the songs are pretty much the same. It's the same four chord progression that's become infamous. Yeah. It's just dent, 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 dent. That's every single song. It's all right to tell me all the small things. Same chord progression. But what makes Blink 182 valid is the foundation of their music. You can't get a finger on it. It's not ch 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 it's it's changing maybe not time signatures but it's like the ocean is moving underneath this house it's it's sonically like sleeping on a waterbed what? these things that are so conventional become mm. fresh because the rhythm section or right. or, or, or Travis in particular yeah. is just so fluid and and the fills and the constant no beat is straightforward <laughs> I would listen to Enemy of the State today because uh, I, I just keep putting on like classic punk albums because and, and indie, whatever, because I want to have stuff that has a good vibe that my kid will appreciate. And I don't I don't want to have like music videos on because then she's just going to sit there and watch the music video. But if it's just an album cover, she'll stop staring at it after like 30 seconds. But I noticed that like Did she could try to suck on the screen when Enemy of the State album cover came up. No, but she looks at it and she Fat says tits on that thing. She, she goes makeup. Makeup, makeup, because the chicks like yeah, blatantly yeah, got makeup on. It's pretty yeah, good, yeah. right? Uh, but no, she um. So I noticed that it's like the progression of the album, or like how it's sequence sequence, is uh-huh. that the sort of like less melodic songs. Like there's one song that's like dun 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 dun. dun. You know what I'm talking about? What song is that? I forget, but it, it's like it's, it's it's not like a catchy sounding song, but it sounds more like a traditional punk song, and it's like way later in the album mm-hmm. that they like that album pretty much goes from like marketable to least marketable mm-hmm. in terms of like the order of the songs, maybe mm-hmm. with a little bit of spicing it up in there. But mm-hmm. you know, they had that kind of taste. They just had the sense to like actually realize like how that that getting big was a good thing. And they also caught the the wave of South Park and of yeah. popular mediums becoming less sensitive by the like the Christian right. Howard Stern, as an example, was blowing up at that time because he would curse and say inappropriate things on the radio. So what do they do? Mm. On their albums, they find a way to incorporate that. There are joke songs like When You Fucked Grandpa that he tell you that he loved you. Right. And Mother's and their Day. Older which song, is, their older albums have way more of that jokey shit. Yeah. But when I'm listening to Enema of the State today and there's that just surprise line in the middle of the song that's like basically, oh, I prank called your mom and told her that her dad got arrested yeah. for gay sex yeah the yeah, state yeah. looks down on side of me and it's just like whoa i thought i was listening to a normal song and then you just bust this fucking prank call yeah. joke out i didn't even i didn't even know that was one of the lyrics the state oh, looks yeah. down on side of me and that's about the time that bitch hung up on me right fucking blink dude and when you think about that it's like this is the same period of time where like eminem is blowing up it was just like a big appetite for that kind of shit. Dude, and it's like, we were listening to an Eminem record when we were in Houston this weekend, and we were just saying, like, dude, you fucking couldn't do this today. Like, I don't I don't know how he got away with this. Like, every song is about killing his wife and calling people fags. Yeah. 
That's almost every fucking song. It's a real American. Like if I, that's a proper fucking from Detroit, blue blooded, hardworking background. But if you and I said in casual conversations, the shit he says against a beat, we'd be like, oh, this podcast can't air ever. Right. You texting your dealer? Sorry. You're out of joints? You've been, this has been a prodigious joint smoking day for you. But. No, I just fucking, my food is like on the way and I was just trying to, I just got a random call, but I'm like too paranoid to answer random calls. So You've been I, smoking too much weed? You're fucking a little nervous no, I just, right now? I just hope I didn't just ignore the food guy. Or maybe some sort of federal agent based on, remember you were worried about how many, how much gay porn we were watching on my YouTube video this week? Remember that? Yeah, we were watching a lot of gay porn. Do you think that we've like done enough of the like trying to convince King Croc to become gay thing? No. He basically is gay if he couldn't get hard for Kazumi. That's a good way to look at it. And uh, he actually, he kind of like, I haven't been able to talk to him. He like skipped out on a shoot we were going to have this weekend. So He might have had a cigar guy moment. She's good for that. Oh my God. That's the common denominator is Kazumi. You hook up with Kazumi. You go AWOL. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Cigar guy, he was out. You fucked her. How are you, Boulder? Totally Rosen? fine. You didn't feel your brain didn't go haywire that uh, that week after doing it? No. Pretty much totally normal. Damn. You think he might go AWOL? That's amazing. He, if so. Dude, uh, who fucking knows, dude? I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't did, know did he seem embarrassed that he couldn't get hard? I, uh, dude, he was able to get hard, but every time my cameraman Nico came into the room, which I don't blame anybody for losing their wood when Nico gets near them, but that's when he would go limp. So I don't think he, like, it was the camera. It wasn't that he just can't sexually perform. He might have been a little drunk. I don't know. Uh, it's just this is becoming a thing where these these poor porn stars are just ha having bad sexual experiences put upon them by Danny Mullen. It's bound to happen, dude. It's a beautiful it's, thing. It's, really. uh, I mean, when you, when you're, it becomes comedy sex when you're having sex with King Rock. Yeah. And as long as the money is there... Who cares? I mean, if anything, you're doing your vagina is getting less mileage on it because it's, it's getting penetrated almost not at all. Right. So there are upsides to it. She got fingered, which might have felt nice for a minute or so. Yeah, really. Is that how she got paid? By getting fingered? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good for payment, sure. me. Yeah, I actually didn't even give her the rights to the video. <laughs> wow. No, she's on it right now. If you want to see King Croc have sex with Kazumi, that's on her Instagram. Right. I and do want to see that. Do you want to see me getting arrested this weekend? Take on uh yeah but i also i feel like i have to piss now and that this might be the end of the episode or do we want to watch this it's 26 seconds so wait you're gonna play it on on the screen we're gonna insert it onto the screen it check this uh, you'll out. edit it in yeah, all right cool. yeah, let me see it come on guys what did we learn in 2020 what did we learn Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, Deshaun Watson, say their names. Say their names. Uh, absolutely, sir. Just Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns security. No, no, it's not bullcrap. Sir. Okay, what actually happened there? Well, we went and did a fake Deshaun Watson bit. We had a, a guy dressed like Deshaun Watson. Who is that? The, he was accused by about uh, a, oh, a billion women this guy. Okay, of getting yeah. hand jobs and massage. Or <laughs> that to make guy was supposed to be him? He, yeah, he had the right costume on. <laughs> was that Beetlejuice? <laughs> He's five foot six, this man, not four foot two. Okay. Uh, however tall Beetlejuice is. And oh my God, that'd be incredible if we got Beetlejuice. But wow. yeah, dude, we, we went over there. I had fake credentials, fake Cleveland Brown security. What was it like getting arrested? How long were you in there? 
I was cuffed for probably uh, maybe uh, three minutes, oh, so which is got, a white man. You got far arrested in the YouTube sense that you. <laughs> as long as the cuffs go clink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. As long as you get that thumbnail. As long as you get that thumbnail. As long as you can throw the parentheses. Arrested! Exclamation mark and parentheses. I love the that you're just running around baiting arrests. That's three this year. What a great! That's life. three times I've been cuffed up this year. Check that out on the Danny Mullen channel. All right, I have to deal with multiple fires that are exploding out of my phone right now. But uh, most of them Postmates related. What a <sighs> stressful life. Hopefully, at least one of them. There is, is a, a Whole Foods hot bar item is shotgun in a guy's Uber right now en route to the studio, and this is a fire in Adam's eyes. Yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. Oh All right, go God. deal with this crisis, buddy. I'll be there for you to cry on if you need some help. We'll later. be back soon. Sludge Lords, we out.